Let's pray, Lord. Thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for your book, Lord. Thank you for everybody here, Lord. And I pray, Lord, as we Lord, break open this book, Lord, that you just speak to our hearts, Lord. And Lord, we just want to serve you, Lord. And just, uh, Lord, thank you for this day. Bless everybody here and even those who couldn't come, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Book of Galatians, we're just going to kind of a little kickoff verse here. Um, going through the, talking with the kids about it. I'm just going to continue on because it's good and it's helped me. And I know if it'll help me, it'll help you. So book of Galatians. And, you know, just sometimes as you're going through life, it gets tough. This world is not always easy. It's not. There's hardships. There's uh, there's joy. Like, I mean, I like how we just sang that song, you know. I mean, there's my joy is complete, and it, and it is because you're saved, saved, saved. I mean, I like when I read about uh, David. David always brought that up. He was thankful for his salvation. I mean, he mentioned that four times in Psalm chapter 62, I believe. You know, sometimes that's going to be what's going to just get you through it. You know, I've got a home in heaven. But Galatians chapter 6, verse number 7 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And we know these verses. Every single one of us could get up here and, and quote this verse. It's memory verse for kids. It's We all know it. I mean... I just, what's great about it, I've been talking with this with the teens for about the past three weeks. I, I, I turn on Shady Acres. I like to listen to Shady Acres. And, uh, Brother Nathan Cox down there, he's preaching, what, what, what seed has taken root? I said, oh, that's good. And his last one he preached on was the root, root of bitterness. I said, oh, that'll, that'll stop a growth right quick. You know what I mean? Especially you just get a look out there and you see other people, you know, prospering or, Maybe you think you got it worse than somebody else and stuff's not really just going your way. You're like, I didn't sow this. And then you get bitter. I mean, it happens. I've seen that happen to people. It's happened to me. And the Lord had to correct me on it. And it says, For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And we know that verse. But I really like this next verse, verse number nine. And it's kind of been the springboard for what we're talking about. I've talked about Hannah. This morning, we're going to talk about Samuel because I don't want to go back through the teens and have them listen to a lesson twice. So we're just going to move forward. And it says, and let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. You know, we can get weary in well-doing. And we'll turn over there to 1 Samuel and start talking about Samuel. And the stuff Samuel was going through, the Lord showed me, <laughs> he's going through a lot of the same stuff we're going through today. Same sins around back then as they are today. Except the only difference then is you had people doing it right out in front of the church house, so to speak. But we keep trying to do right and do right and do right. And you know what? It gets weary. It gets harder. It gets, as, as you start growing, you know what I mean? You just don't keep growing, growing, and growing, and growing, and I'm just per, no, you're gonna have to, the wind's gotta hit you. Some snow's gotta hit you. 
you're going to be dormant for a while. And just because a person's dormant or a tree is dormant does not mean that they're not going to bear fruit. It says in any season that they will bear fruit. But you can't get weary. Don't be weary in well-doing. Am I making sense? I mean, it's an encouraging verse. We reap what we sow. We reap what we sow. Yeah, we heard that all day long. But you got to keep watering the plant. You know, the plant's got to keep coming up. You're not going to get an apple the next day. You just can't be weary in well-doing. And I read through that in Samuel. Turn over there to 1 Samuel chapter 3. That's kind of where we'll park. Samuel just kept on kept keeping on from a kid. I'd like to point the title of the message, I guess, or just when Samuel heard the Lord. I mean, he was in the church house a long time before he heard the Lord. Long time. We'll read about that. First Samuel chapter one and verse number three it says, "And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at the time when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And there the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. And the Lord Samuel, and, and the Lord called Samuel, excuse me, and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou calledest me. And he said, I called not, lie down again. And he went and lay down again. Now, And the Lord called yet again Samuel, and Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not for my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. I mean, he's in the church house here. I mean, he's he's right there with Hophni and Phinehas. And for sake of time, we're not going to read through all that, but we will go back in there. But this is going to be the first time Samuel's ever heard the word of the Lord. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel, which both the ears of every one that heareth it shall tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all the things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. And therefore I have sworn sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice nor offering forever. And Samuel lay until morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. 
Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he answered, Here am I. And he said, What is this thing that the Lord has said unto thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me. God do so to thee. And more also, if thou hide anything from me of all the things which he said unto thee. And Samuel told him every whit and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seemeth to him good. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel and Dan and Beersheba knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord, and the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Shiloh in the word of the Lord. You know, so you see that right there, it says in verse number 7, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the Lord yet revealed unto him. And then you read verse 19, it says, And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and, and did not let none of his words fall to the ground. So obviously, if we could read the Scriptures back, in between those two verses and even a little further back, we can see some things that Samuel did before he heard, heard the word of the Lord. I'd like to say this, that Samuel was waiting on the Lord. Verse number, look at... Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse number 11. And we know this story, right, of Samuel. Hannah couldn't have a child. This was her their first child. And she gave him to the Lord. And Elkanah, by the way, did also. I mean, he's part of this. But Hannah made that vow and she says, you know what? He's going to minister to the for the Lord forever. He's going to be up there. And in verse number 11, of chapter number 2, it says, And Elkanah went to Ramah to his house, and the child did minister unto the Lord before Eli the priest. You know, he just ministered. He's just helping out. Didn't even know the Lord yet. Just doing whatever he was asked. Did you sweeping? Amen. Cleaning. I've seen some people come in here and clean the church house just a couple days ago. Praise the Lord for that. Praying. Making sure that fire didn't go out. <clears throat> I know what he wasn't doing. He wasn't just sitting around. Wasn't just sleeping. Wasn't uh, wasn't being slothful. Wasn't just watching TV. I mean, teen message usually, but amen. Wasn't uh, always on his phone. I got a problem with that. <laughs> you know what I mean? They had the they had the Ten Commandments on the pads, you know, but we, everybody's on their iPads these days. <clears throat> but Samuel wasn't. He just wanted to please the Lord. He just wanted to minister, wanting to be a help. Just wanting that. 
not being slothful. And that's what that waiting is. We always tend to think waiting, you know, because you're waiting. We're waiting in traffic, but you're slowly moving. Or you're waiting on your food, yeah, but you're slowly getting it. But waiting, just like how Pastor explained, you know, as a waiter in a restaurant, a waitress, you know, they're doing something. Just keep doing. And when I read through the scriptures, you know, when I find out, I, I find out that God's using people that are doing something. They're using them at their job. They're using them when they're out there in the world. Very rarely didn't. He was laying there on his bed. Nope. Usually wasn't the case. You won't find it. I think it's, this is a funny verse, Proverbs chapter 26. It says, As the door turneth upon his hinges, so doth a slothful upon his bed. <laughs> I mean, that's funny. (laughs) It is. As the door turneth upon its hinges, so doth the slothful upon his bed. I mean, you think about that. You you heard the term, the person is dumb as a door. I think the real one is he's lazy as a door, or slothful as a door on his hinges, you know. Just flop, 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 flop. Just like those doors, just like those doors. Samuel wasn't like that. Turn to Hebrews chapter number 6. Hold your place there in 1 Samuel. Hebrews chapter number 6 and verse number 10 says, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work, and labor of love. And then you do that work for the Lord. You don't be weary in well-doing. You just keep going on even though you're not seeing the fruit of it. Even though you might not. Somebody else might see it. Somebody else might see what you're doing. That might trigger them. You might not even know it. But God, if you're doing it for Him and not to be seen to men or women, God's going to honor that. For God is not unrighteousness unrighteous, excuse me, to forget your work and labor of love, which he has showed toward his name in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do the same. Look at that word, diligence. Don't be weary in well-doing. Be diligent about it. And diligence to the full assurance of hope and to the end. You know, that's key in a lot of things. I think diligence. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. That's a promise. That's a fact. Diligence. That, that's a key element. Always searching for the Lord. Always seeking after the Lord. Getting in this book. Praying. He won't forget it. He's not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. Verse number 12, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them through faith, followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. You know, I like being around people like that. People that just want to be close to the Lord. 
that you can glean from, that you can get something from. People that just want to be around God. Amen? You know, Samuel ministered. He wasn't, he wasn't slothful. Turn back over there to 1 Samuel chapter number 2. First Samuel chapter number two and <clears throat> verse number 18 says, but Samuel ministered before the Lord being a child girded with a learn, with a linen ephod. You know, he's just ministering, learning about God, about creation, learning about a little bit of history of Israel. Now he's got himself a little garment. But as he's going to go on here further, you know what? He's going to grow. But you know what? He had to learn some things. You're going to have to learn some things about the Lord. Then you start learning about the Lord, and you start learning, and you start learning. You know what? You, you might hear it. First Samuel chapter number 12. You don't have to turn number if you want to. You can. This is, this is at the end. <clears throat> where he's going to crown or make Saul king. And he goes through some of these things that he learned. Verses 6 through 10. And Samuel said unto the people, It is the Lord that advanced Moses and Aaron, and then that brought your fathers up out of the land of Egypt. Now therefore stand still that I may reason with you before the Lord of all the righteous acts of the Lord, which he did to you and your fathers. You know what he's supposed to do? You're supposed to remember that. You know what I find out when I, when I read through these scriptures? There's a lot of things people forgot. But you know what thing they always go back to? He says, you know what? You forgot the God of Jacob, Abraham, and Isaac. And you forgot about those things. And he says, you know what? You're supposed to remember those things. Remember when the Lord did this. And Samuel's just, he's learning as a child. You know, you can be saved later in life like I was, 29. I still have to learn. I mean, I kind of think I heard the story of David and Goliath when I was a kid, and, you know, we, the flood made sense to me even as an unbeliever. But I didn't know God of Jacob, God of Abraham, God of Isaac. <coughs> right? I mean, you're going to have to go read the Bible and search and, and get to know the Lord and what He's done and not forget it. Samuel didn't. And when Jacob was coming to Egypt and our, your fathers cried unto the Lord, then the Lord sent Moses and Aaron, which brought forth your fathers out of the Egypt and made them dwell in this place. He's talking about history before him. But what about us? Does, does our kids, he's telling this to that nation. Do your kids know your testimony? Maybe your grandkids, how you got saved. I mean, I, there's three three generations, and some some people probably some four generations of Christians in here. Me, I'm a first generation. And I don't want my kids, when they have kids, not to know the story of how their dad got saved. 
my dad trusted in Jesus Christ as his Savior, and he was good for nothing, still is. But every now and then, he'd get up and preach, and he knew the Lord. We'd pray together, and God would answer our prayers. Because you're going to need it later on when you're getting weary. And you how come, Lord, have you forsaken me? I mean, David said that. Man, I read just there another verse. He said, this was my infirmity. Just Lord's not always with him all the time. Because, you know, when God shows up in a service, it's great. But then when he's not there for a but, for a little bit, that you kind of go like, well, where's he at? Well, you're saved, ain't you? We'll pray and get through it. The Lord's there. You gotta learn. You gotta get strengthened. Amen. We'll just skip that. First Samuel chapter two, as it says he was he was girded with a linen ephod. You know, we don't need that. We don't need the ephod. You know what we need? We need to be girded with truth. Ephesians 6, 14 says, Stand therefore with your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. I'm going to read it anyway. Turn over there to Ephesians chapter 6. It's important. You know, as a child, he just had that linen ephod girded. But you know, as we get to adults, you know what you need? You need it all. You need the whole armor of God when you're going to go out there. Because this world's just getting wickeder and wickeder and wickeder. It's more wicked than it's ever been. And you're going to go out there and you go, I just got, I got, I got the truth. <laughs> I got the truth. <laughs> you got a helmet. You got a breastplate. You got a sword. You've been praying. You might get struck down. You just go out there with one. For we wrestle not against Flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take on you the whole armor of God. You know, that's not just the ephod, not just the linen ephod. The whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all things, take in the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with prayer and all supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto for all perseverance and supplication of the saints. You know what I keep reading, and we won't turn there, but Samuel never quit praying either matter of fact when Samuel he said for him to stop praying for him he said I never I never ceased to quit praying for you and if I did it would have been sin 
That'll preach. He says, I always prayed for you. If I would have quit, it had been sin. I don't remember. It's about like that. Never quit praying. First Samuel 2.21 It says, And the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bare three sons and two daughters, and the child Samuel grew before the Lord. So now he's growing. He's growing. He was just a He's just a blessing. Just wanted to be a blessing there in the old church house. Verse number 20 says, And Eli blessed Elkanah and his wife and said, The Lord give thee seed of this woman for the loan which is lent to the Lord. And they went unto their home, their own home. Now I had to imagine when Eli, when they came up there and Elkanah and Hannah to give their offering, I had to imagine that Eli was just really pleased with him because if you read about his other sons, his other sons were up to no good. And they said, man, I praise, praise the Lord for this kid. Oh, you guys have some more kids. This kid's been great. He's just been a real blessing in the whole church house. God bless you for him. He was just being a blessing. He's a good kid. First Samuel chapter 2.26 says, And the child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. You know, that's a good place to be. <laughs> you know, when God's on your side, when men are on your side, when ladies are on your side, if you're a lady, you know what I mean? If people don't like you, <laughs> there might be a problem. Yeah. You might... You might be the problem. <laughs> I'm just saying. Actually, I don't need to say it. Because God says it. Proverbs 16, 7 says, when a, when a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. And I've seen that. I remember one time I... Uh, I told brother, I'll, I'll share it. I, I lost my testimony at work one time. Guy called me a, a name at work, and I lost it. And it was a bad word for a female dog. And it triggered me, and I lost it. And everybody knew it. And I apologized to him the next day. And you know what that guy did? He refused it. But he refused it in front of a whole bunch of other lost men. And I humbled myself to ask for forgiveness to that guy. And oh boy. He goes, nope. And everybody that's seen me just humble myself and do it, they let him have it. I didn't realize the influence I had on these guys. And these guys are, I mean, it's construction workers. I don't, that's all I gotta say. You know what I mean? Everybody knows. But that guy, he didn't last long after that. He, he was gone within a couple of weeks. There's no, I mean, nobody liked him after that. But it's pleasing unto the Lord. Just being real. I like what Brother Mark McGee says, it better be real. It better be real. I'll tell you what, right now for Samuel, you know what? It was real. He wanted to see the Lord. He wanted it. 
and he grew on, was in favor of both the Lord and with men. You know what's in between these two verses here? It says, And the child Samuel grew before the Lord in verse 21. And verse number 26, it says, And this child Samuel grew on. You know what's in between those two verses? Let's read them. So now Eli was very old and heard that verse number 21, excuse me, it says, And the child Samuel grew before the Lord. Right? Verse number 21, Now Eli was very old and heard all that his sons did unto all Israel and how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Oh, that's great. And he said to them, Why do you such things? For I hear of your evil doings by all this people. Nay, my sons, for it is not a good report that I hear that you make the Lord's people to transgress. If one man sin against the judge, the judge shall judge him. But if a man sin against the Lord, you shall entreat for him. Who shall entreat for him? Notwithstanding, they hearkened not unto the voice of their father, because the Lord would slay them. So basically, Samuel grew, and he wasn't a part of that stuff, and he grew on. Right. I mean, that stuff's going out there today, everywhere. I'm talking with another brother, just, I mean... People, just demons, demon-possessed people. They say, oh, that stuff doesn't go on anymore. I said, oh, sure it does. I said, but we've just accepted it to the point where you you just accept it as normal. I mean, there's strip clubs everywhere. Back in the day, demon-possessed people, there was nakedness, there was scarring, there was, you know what I mean, cutting themselves. Maniac Gadara. Oh, no, no, now it's just, you know, we got tattoo parlors. You can go get drunk anywhere you want. You can go to the strip clubs. There's pornography on your phones. There's, it's, you can go down there. There's prostitution. There's everything. Oh, but it's, it's okay. It's okay. Back in Samuel's day, you got people just fornicating out in front of the church house as a kid. And they're still doing that in these schools today. I mean, I'm my friend. I got another friend. I won't mention his name, but. You know, he's, he, he's, he's lost. Got good morals though. Those are the tough ones. I got good morals, but I don't know about Jesus. Where'd you get the, where'd the morals come from? You know what I mean? Whose standard you try to live up to, alright? Yours? What you think's right or God's? Anyhow, sorry. He's pulled his kids out. He pulled his daughter out of school. Lost guy. But he is a good guy. Yeah. Daughter's in school. He put, and he's, and he, he's putting her in a Christian school. Yeah. So he goes, Mike, I'm going to put her in this Christian school. You check it out. I say, yeah, I'll check it out. Good school. And pay to have her in there. Because he sees the problem that the public schools have. They're teaching all this LGBT, I mean, trans, blah, blah, blah. Nobody knows what they are anymore. I mean, it's just ridiculous. He told me that the, the kids are fornicating in the bathrooms. They've now, they've pulled the doors off the stalls. Kids during class, boys sitting on boys' laps, just touching one another. He said, no, she's out. I pulled her out. We ain't going to go through that. You know, but child Samuel grew on. He wasn't a part of that. 
Often in Phineas, you know, they were, they was gluttons. You know what? And they even mocked at the sin offering. Verse number 17. Or 13 through 17, it says in the priest, and this is, by the way, by the way, this is what the Lord was upset about. This is kind of right here, this fornicating and that was just kind of thrown in there. But what God was really mad about was the fact that they were taking his sin offering and messing with it. That's what made him mad. You guys messing with my sin offering. That was me. These people are coming up and asking forgiveness and you're messing with it. Taking all the good parts of the cows and if you don't want it, I'm going to take it and eat it anyway. I'll take it by force, is what he said. And that's what upset the Lord. Verse number 17, it says, Wherefore the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for men abhorred the offering of the Lord. Ooh, that's bad. Verse number 24 says, Name my sons, for it is no good report that I hear that ye make the Lord's people to transgress. Verse number 29, this is when the, that preacher comes up to Eli, and he says, Wherefore kick ye at my sacrifice and mine offerings. And he's upset. God's upset. But you know, the Bible says, says, but Samuel, he grew on. And was with, he grew on and was with favor with the Lord and with men. You know what? He wasn't a part of all that. He stood apart. He didn't want to go out there and do those things. You know what? He had a good testimony. Hold your place there. Turn over there to, I like to read this. This is again is when, uh, he's going to make Saul king. First Samuel chapter 12, verse number one, one through five. And Samuel said unto all Israel, Behold, I have hearkened unto your voice and all that ye have said unto me and have made a king over you. And now behold, the king walketh before you and I am old and gray headed and behold, my sons are with you and I have walked before you from my childhood unto this day. So we're talking about the child. Behold, here I am witness against me before the Lord and before his anointed. Whose ox have I taken or whose ass have I taken or whom have I defrauded? Whom have I oppressed or whose hand have I rejoiced? Any bribe to blind mine enemies therewith and I will restore it to you. And they said, Thou hast not defrauded us, nor oppressed us, neither hast thou taken aught of any man's hand. And he said unto them, The Lord is witness against you, and his anointed is witness this day, that ye have not found aught in my hand. And they answered, He is witness. You know what? He just kept on, kept on. He wasn't weary and well-doing. When you're going to stand there in front of all the, all Israel right there, and he says, who am I defrauded? Why don't you just tell me? Have I ever told, you know, I'm blameless. I just kept growing. I just kept doing what was right. I just kept following after the Lord, even though they weren't. Real quick. First Samuel chapter three. Um, Samuel was obedient. 
verse number one through five. And this child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass the time when Eli was laid down in his place that his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And there the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. That the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli. How's that for a teenager? And he ran unto Eli. Silas! <laughs> Doesn't always work, does it? <laughs> you know, the last time you had your kids, you asked for them, hey! And they just came running. <laughs> right? I mean, but he wanted to please the Lord. He's obedient. Verse number 6. And the Lord called yet again, and Samuel arose, and he arose and went to Eli, and said, Here am I. You know what he wanted to? He wanted to minister. He wanted to. He arose and went. Verse number 8. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went. You know, by the third time, you think, what is this guy, messing with me? <laughs> you know, what's going on here? You know what I mean? But you know what? He didn't get weary in well-doing. He didn't get an attitude. He just arose and went. And he perceived. Eli perceived that the Lord called him. You know what? Samuel listened to Eli. You know, obedient and listening is is key. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You've got to listen. You find somebody ain't good at listening, I'll show you somebody's got problems. Verse number 9, Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. You know, I like that Eli had enough sense to do that. To tell him, you know what? Maybe the Lord's calling you. When he's when he calls you again, why don't you say this? Speak, for thy servant heareth. In verse number fifteen, and Samuel lay until morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. You know what that Bible says? Proverbs chapter 29 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But in this context, was it something he seen? No. No. He what? He heard it. That's right. And the Lord came and stood and called at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. That's the vision. And you're right. That verse is right. God's right. When people don't listen to God, they're going to perish. Preacher gets up like me and just wants to preach my own heart. That's good for nothing. People are going to perish. People go out there and start doing their own will. They're going to perish. But you don't want to listen to this book and regard this book and the things that come out of this book, you're going to perish. 
but you remember them and you not let depart and you bind them to your fingers and put them on the doorposts. Going to be a little bit easier. You know, there's lots of verses in Proverbs 29 that go right along with this whole passage, which is crazy. I'm not going to go through them, but if you ever read Proverbs chapter 29 and think back to this, you'll be like, wow, it really does. I also see that Samuel loved Eli. Verse number 15, And Samuel lay until morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. You know, he didn't want to tell him that. You realize the first thing Samuel had to tell Eli, hey, what'd God tell you? What'd God tell you, Samuel? It don't make for good preaching. It really don't. It really don't. But it's the truth. And I'll, I'll be honest. I think back and I read that. He goes, what did God tell you? And he says, if God tell me everything he told you and it happened to you if you don't tell me everything. He probably didn't say it like that, but anyhow. Right. And Samuel probably told him there with tears, you know what? Your kids are going to die. God's going to judge you. And you know what I think? And we didn't read it before, but if you go back in, there, in the later part of chapter 2, there was a prophet that came over to Eli. Yeah. And he told him, he said, look, man, you should have restrained your kids. We did read some of it. You should have restrained your kids. And he says, I'm going to end their lives in one day. And I'm willing to bet, and it ain't doctrine, it ain't truth, they don't want to bet. I'm willing to bet Samuel didn't know that. That that prophet came over and just, because I don't think that prophet would have just came over and just told Eli in front of everybody. I mean, it doesn't say that he did. It just says he told Eli. Then here, now you got this child. Been helping him out the whole time. And he said, man, this is what the Lord said. He's going to end your kids' lives because you restrained them not. Made themselves vile for the offering. You know what? And Eli accepted it. Amen? He accepted that. But you know what? I guarantee Samuel never forgot that day. There's days in your life where I mean the Lord spoke to you. And He used another saint to do it. He might have used a song to do it. He might have used a sermon to do it. He might have spoke to you directly when you was reading that Bible. But I tell you what, you ought not ever forget those days. No matter how bad the message was to where it had to help you like it did Eli. That's what I mean by bad. Or even just to be in a blessing. I like how Brother Nix, Brother Nix was giving a little testimony and he says, uh, Brother David Nix, one of my Tabor's favorite preachers, he's, uh, he preaches to people's hearts, man. He is a phenomenal, phenomenal preacher. And he was talking about to these other guys that he is, he thought was full of the Holy Ghost. And he says, how am I going to know that I'm full of the Holy Ghost? And he said, they look right at Brother Nixon. He says, you know what, brother? He says, other people are going to know it before you will. Yeah. 
verse number 20. It says, And all Israel from Dan even to Beersheba knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. Now think of Moses. Moses just spending time with the Lord, and he came down off that mountain, and his face shone. And everybody knew it. Moses didn't. I like verse number 21. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel, revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. And you know what? The Lord still reveals himself today by the word of the Lord. It's that simple. You can still read this book and it is just as powerful yesterday, today. It's never going to fade. But you got to read it. And he will still reveal himself to you. When you can't be weary in well-doing. Amen? Let's pray. We've got about 10 minutes left and time of fellowship. Get some coffee. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for this lesson, Lord. Thank you for everybody here, Lord. Again, we just pray for our pastor, Lord, that you heal him in this time, Lord. And just, uh, we'll pray for the services to follow, Lord. Pray for the teen or the class downstairs and the, and the kids, Lord. And Lord, just thank you for this beautiful day. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.